0: Pashas Veschanan contains the second version of the Aseris Adibros of the Ten Commandments. First are in Pash- first version is in Pashas Yisro, second version is in Pashas Veschanan. There are numerous differences between the language, the syntax of the two accounts. Much, most of Chumash Dvarim is a, is a repeat, is a retelling of the stories of the first. Uh, First, first several books of the Torah and the account of the giving of the Ten Commandments in Vashchanan is a, more or less a retelling of what happened in Pashas Yisro, Although, again, the text is different than the famous midrashim of Chazal, famous discussions of the Rishonim about explaining why there are differences, what, they, what, what the significances are, and so on. But in any event, the, the actual Ten Commandments are more or less the same. And one of them is, Kabed HaSavicha Vesimecha, Honor your father and mother. In Vais Hanan, the way the pastor continues is, Kasher Tzivcha Hashem Elokecha, as, 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 as Hashem, your God, has commanded you, Yemecha, in order that you should have long life, in order that it should be good for you, he should be good to you, Al Ha'adama, Hashem Elokecha, on the land, the land of Israel, that Hashem, your God, is giving you. It's a pretty straightforward mitzvah, Unlike some mitzvahs which are a little obscure, the rationale, the details, this is a pretty straightforward mitzvah. It means exactly what it says. Honor your father and your mother. There is, however, a fair amount of halachic literature discussing the, the parameters of Kibr aim. The Talmud already has uh, a lengthy discussion about some of the rules of Kibr aim, And then in the Rishonim and Achronim we find a, a robust and interesting literature attempting to set out the, the parameters, how far do you have to go on your father and your mother, to what extent, what about when it comes into conflict with other values, and that's actually the topic I want to discuss tonight, in particular the, the discussion about Kiberd aim: what do you do when honoring your parents, obeying your parents, what do you do when that conflicts with other religious values, other mitzvahs. What do we do? Do you honor your father and mother anyway? Do you say you can't, you have, to, you, have to, uh, you have to do the mitzvah? So we're going to discuss tonight a number of important rulings of Rishonim and later Achronim on this topic. In particular, we're going to discuss three areas where Rishonim and Achronim have debated and tried to hash out how far the obligation to honor your parents goes. One of them involves making aliyah a person wants to go to Israel his parents don't want him to they're still in the diaspora they'll they'll miss him, they need him one involves the study of Torah the child wants to study Torah wants to study Torah in a specific location parents object for various reasons and the third has to do with marriage the child chooses to marry a certain spouse parents object They, they don't like this one they want someone else so in all these cases, what, uh, how, how is the child, how is the son or daughter supposed to reconcile his duty to his parents, his filial devotion to his parents, the mitzvah of Kiberd with his obligation to God, to keep the Torah? As a matter of fact, the, the Sefer Achinuch, the Sefer Achinuch is a work, where he, a work that explains the, the rationales for all 613 mitzvahs, as well as some of the halachas of the mitzvah. So, the Sefer Achinuch, when he explains the mitzvah of Kiber HaVeim, he says a very interesting thing. He says that the reason for Kiber HaVeim, or the ultimate goal of Kiber HaVeim, is a person should realize, Hashem wants me to honor my parents. Why am I honoring my parents? Because they, they are the cause for me being in the world. They brought me into the world, and, the, and therefore I have to honor them, HaKar and then a person is supposed to infer from that, is supposed to graduate from that, to the idea that he has to show gratitude to God. God is the ultimate cause of his parents, of everything. God is the cause of the whole world. So once a person internalizes and gets used to the idea that he has to have a tove to humans, to the parents, he certainly does have to have a tove to the parents, but the ultimate realization is, how much more so do I have to have a tove to God, God provided me with all my needs throughout my life, People have easier lives and harder lives, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's basically a tautology to say that everyone is here. Everything you have is because of God. So certainly, he says a person, a person has to show a karsa tov to God, and that's the ultimate goal of the mitzvah of kibud Besides all your physical needs, God gave you your soul, your intellect. Without that, he says you'd be like an animal, you'd be like a horse or a mule, and you wouldn't have that much. So a person has to realize how much he owes to a kodesh baruch Hu. And that brings us to the, the question we're going to explore tonight. So, how do you reconcile the, the need to honor your parents with the need to honor God? Sometimes they come into conflict. So, what do you do when the what do you do when the mitzvah of Kibr-Avaim is in conflict with the mitzvah with a mitzvah or a, a, uh, an, a, a an ideal of a Baruch? So the basic question is addressed by the Gemara in several places: Gemara and Yivamas. The first parik of Yivamas has a famous classic sugya, the, the general sugya about how, what do we do when a mitzvah say conflicts with a mitzvah say, mitzvahs conflict in general, what do we do? It, uh, it's a long sugya, it goes on for several dafim in the Gemara. At one point in that discussion, the Gemara brings, you might think that Kibernav Aim is Docha Shabbos, that if your father needs something, if your father wants something, and, and the way to fulfill his request is by violating Shabbos, you might think you should do that. Kibar HaVeim is so important. The Mar discusses why you would think that exactly, but we're not going to get into that. But the B'risa says, you might think that Kibar HaVeim, the, the mitzvah of Kibar HaVeim overrides the mitzvah of Shabbos. So the Mar Darshan a Talmud Lomar, Ish Imov Aviv Tirov, That although, yes, a person should honor his, this is another, yet another reference in the Torah to Kibar HaVeim, in Bayekra, not in the first Asaricidibarus, not in the second version of Asaricidibarus, elsewhere in Chomash in Bayekra, a person is supposed to have yira. So covered and mora of, uh, of parents are, are, are two related concepts. The Gemara in says, what is, we talk about covered avaim and mora avaim. Covered is honor, mora is often translated as fear. It's not quite the, it's not fair in the sense my father is gonna. Is going to whip me with his belt. It, it means fair, a kind of uh, reverence and awe. It's also a form of respect, but a, but a respect that, uh, that, that 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 a kind of a, a negative respect. Respect that you don't want to do anything that would be disrespectful, that would offend and uh, dishonor your parents. So the Gemara sometimes postkim, the Gemara sometimes uses them interchangeably, although there are differences. The Gemara in Kedushin says what is covered? Covered is you covered is machilo, mashkeu, malbisho. Covered is you do positive actions to show respect for him. You give him food, you help him get dressed, and so on. Yira is negative. Yira is Lo you don't sit in his place, Lo you don't contradict him, you don't do things that would be disrespectful. But here the Gemara kind of uh, kind of treats them, the Bricep treats them as equivalent. You might think that Kiberd is Dokha Shabbos, that Kiberd overrides Shabbos, so it brings a pasuk, Ish tiro, a, man, a man should have Yira, should have fear or reverence for his father and mother, However, however, not at the cost of keeping Shabbos. Shabbos overrides. And the, the rule the Gemara articulates is, you're all obligated, you, your parents, are all obligated in my honor, and therefore when my honor is at stake, you have to set aside your parents' honor and honor me. So the Gemara says, the Brazos says, that's how we know, Kibranav Eim is not Docha Shabbos. Shabbos is certainly a very uh, serious Haver, a very serious Mitzvah in the Torah, what about other mitzvahs? The Gemara brings another b'risa that says that about other mitzvahs as well. To Tanya. you might think if your father says, become Tame, do something for me, uh, get me something I need, go to, go to the store and get me food, even though his son is a Kohen or a Nazir, he'll have to traverse an area of Tumel, he'll have to cross a cemetery or so on. Similar, similar to that. So you might think that if, if he needs to do that in order to respect his father's wishes, he should do that. Or if there is a, or, or if there is an aveda, hashavas aveda, that the son has to attend to retrieving and, and safeguarding a lost item that he found, the father says, leave it alone. I need your help. Come to me. You might think you should listen to your father, and kibbutzavim will override the mitzvah, the mitzvah the of a nazir or kohen becoming Tameh or the mitzvah of hashavas aveda. So again, Yomar brings the same pasuk. The, the Brizer brings the same pasuk. Talmud Lomar Ish of Tiroh Although a man must have yira for his father and mother, but nevertheless, not at the expense of Shabbos or any other mitzvah. The brayser assumes even mitzvahs like nazir and kohen. Tumas nazir, Tumas kohen, rasha Saveda, None of those mitzvahs can be set aside in order to fulfill kibbutz HaVeim, Of course, again, the rule is kolchem chayavin bechvodi. You're all obligated to honor, to honor me, Hashem. The Gemara here is focusing on mitzvahs lo saseh, that in order, to, in order to fulfill his father's wishes, he would have to violate an aveira like Shabbos or becoming Tameh, even abandoning an Avedah as a mitzvahs lo saseh, lo The Gemara in Kedushin talks about the positive. What about a person who has a choice of two mitzvahs? He can go here shofar, or he can go take care of his father. He can't do both for some reason. So which one takes precedence? So the Gemara articulates basically the same rule. The Gemara, the Gemara says, Elozib ben Masya Omer, Abba Omer Mayim, my father says, I need some water, please give me a drink of water. That's the classic example of Kibra Va'im, Ezeu covered. what is covered? Machilo mashkeyu, give him to drink. However, Mitzvah lasses. he has a Mitzvah he needs to do also. So the rule is, you have to set aside honoring your father and perform the Mitzvah. Same rule, Shaniva Abba, because you and your father, I and my father are both Chayav in the Mitzvah. As the, the Imara in Givama said, cham chayav and Bechvodi. Isi ben Yehuda, another Tana, makes a distinction. He says, if someone else can do the mitzvah, let's say, a Veda. If you don't do the Veda, someone else will return the Veda. Or uh, other mitzvahs that can be done by somebody else, Bikr so, Cholim or something like that, that's Mitzvah D'Rabanan, but uh, various mitzvahs that can be done by somebody else, let someone else do the mitzvah, and you take care of your father. But if nobody can do the mitzvah, then, uh, then he would agree that then we say, Kulchem and that's how we pass. In the like Gemara says. So this is the general rule established by the Talmud that when, when the mitzvah of comes into conflict with the mitzvah in the Torah, then the halacha is clear, the mitzvah HaVeim takes precedence, you can't do an actual HaVeim, your father wants you to work on Shabbos, your father wants you to travel on Shabbos to visit him. There's no question you can't do that, that's clear, your father tells you, you know, don't hear a take care of me instead. So that's clear, we say that, and your father's needs, your father's wishes, cannot override your obligation to perform a mitzvah. So now the question becomes, as we said, what about these types of real-world scenarios we mentioned earlier? What about, what about Talmud Torah? What about, uh, what about marriage? What about, what about these various types of cases? So, we'll discuss first, we'll discuss first the question of making aliyah, of going to Eretz Yisrael. Common situation, it happened in the time of the Rishonim and Achronim. happens today. It, this, this is very possibly one of the main reasons people give sometimes for not making aliyah. My parents are here, my parents need me. Is that a good reason? Is that a reason for setting aside the mitzvah of Kibor Aveim? So, this question was first discussed by the Maram of Rottenberg, the mayor of Rottenburg, one, uh, one of the greatest of the German scholars of the medieval period. He was the author of the, the kina we recited a few days ago, Shali Srufa Ba'esh. He was also one of the towering post of the time, teacher of many of the later Rishonim. So he was asked, can the father object? Does the father have the right to object to his son from making Eliyahu, from going to Eretz Yisrael? Because, says the Maram, the answer is no, the father has no right to object. The son should not listen to his father. According to the Maram, this is an open and shut case. doesn't bear much analysis. He says, since we pass in making Eliyaz a mitzvah, and we know, we, we know, he says, that when it comes to mitzvahs, you don't listen to your father, as per the Gemara, as we mentioned earlier, kulcham chayavim b'chavodi, kovacham hamakom kodim, God's honor takes precedence over human honor. Therefore, according to the Maram, it, there's nothing to talk about. It's an open and shut case. You make aliyah, and you do not listen to your father. This is also the position. This is also the position of the Mabit. Mabit is one of the early Akronim, contemporary of the Shulchan Aruch, mid-sixteenth century. The Mabit was asked about someone in Chutzlartz. Had someone made a neder, an actual formal binding neder, a vow, that if uh, he would merit some success, if he would. Uh, if something he desired would come to pass, he made a promise to God that he would go, go live in the city of Tzfas. His parents, don't presumably from Kutzlard, he would move from Chutzlard and go to Tzfas. Tzfas was, of course, where the, where the great settlement of Jews was in the 16th century. Yerushalayim was relatively neglected, but Tzfas was, a, uh, was the major center of Sephardic Jewry in the 16th century, where the Shulchan Aruch lived, and the Arizal, many other Gidoli Torah at the time. So his father and mother... So, so actually what, what, what he wanted came to pass his good fortune, whatever it was, came to pass his father and mother object to his leaving they say, we want you here with us his wife doesn't want to go his wife, uh, his wife says you signed a ksuva the, the the Spardim, we often used to add various clauses to their ksuva they would give additional rights to the woman to, uh, and the ksuva said that he's not going to make her live anywhere else without her permission or against her will he's not going to move her somewhere against her will So, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Kibra daveim is very important. What's the halacha? Should he honor his neder? Should he be Matir neder? Go to Eretz Yisrael? What should he do? So, says the Mabit, like the Maram, just in in, in considerably more detail, he says, the halacha is absolutely clear. In this case, it was actually a neder. It wasn't just the mitzvah making Eliyah, there was a neder to make Eliyah. The halacha, he says, is absolutely clear. He should follow his neder, make aliyah, ignore his parents. It's a gemara. The gemara in the first parak in Yavamas. The gemara says, when, when a mitzvah is in conflict with your parents' wishes, then uh, th- then, you should, uh, then, th- then you should do the mitzvah. Going to Eretz Yisrael is a mitzvah, and you should therefore do it. And ignore your parents, he says. Your parents should also go to Eretz Yisrael, he says. Then, let them come to Eretz Yisrael with you then uh, that, then uh, th- that everything will be fine. If they don't want to go, that's their problem, he says. But you should go. He says, even though the Gemara talks about Shabbos initially, Shabbos doesn't, it can't be overridden by Kiber Avaim. It applies to any mitzvah, he says, as the Gemara goes on. Certainly the mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael, it's a great mitzvah, it's a, it's a tremendous mitzvah. Certainly he says that that would override Kiber Avaim, and the, that would override Kiber Avaim, and you should go to Eretz Yisrael, and abandon your parents. Ignore them. He says, and furthermore, he says, the he says he could do both. He says, he says again, he could do both. Let his parents go to Eretz Yisrael as well, he says. They should also go to Eretz Yisrael. Their have to go to Eretz Yisrael, he says. Everyone has to go to Eretz Yisrael. And furthermore, there's two mitzvahs over here. The mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael itself, plus the mitzvah of Fulfilling Your Neder. So absolutely clear, he says, that they should... That, they should, that he should go to Eretz Yisrael, he should fulfill his neder, and he should ignore his parents. What about, uh, he, says, he says, Yaakov Avinu? Yes, Yaakov Avinu was punished for abandoning his parents. He went to Chutzler, he says. He left Eretz Yisrael. But to go to Eretz Yisrael against, uh, he says, to go to Eretz Yisrael, uh, then, then, then there'd be no objection if he went to Eretz Yisrael and left his parents behind in Chutzler. So that's the that Abed rules. What about being neder? he says? He says, no, nope, you can't be mocked neder, he says, because even without the neder, you have to go to Eretz Yisrael. He says, you really have to go to Eretz Yisrael. Some posts have claimed that it's only a mitzvah kiyumis, it's only a voluntary mitzvah to go, to, an optional mitzvah to go to Eretz Yisrael. And Mabit explicitly denies that. He says, Mabit says, as clear as, as clear as clear can be, even in the absence of his neder, chayav lalos. He's obligated to go to Eretz Yisrael, if he can, and he's obligated to. And don't worry about kibur da v'eim. So what's the point of being Matur You're bound to go to Eretz Yisrael by the Torah, even before your are he says. then certainly you can't be Matur for something that's Osir, says. Staying behind where you could go to Eretz Yisrael is it, it's a very hard line about this. You absolutely must go to Eretz Yisrael. You have no excuse for not going. Certainly that overrides your parents' wishes. Let them come with you if they want. If they don't come with you, that's their problem. But you certainly can't use your parents as, a, as an excuse not to go to Eretz Yisrael. There are poskim who seem to disagree. Not, not really poskim writing in as clear and direct a halachic context as these two great poskim, as Maram and Mabit. But there are poskim who seem to disagree. The Tashbats writing in the writing a century or two before the Mabit, the Tashpats writes, the Tashbat says, you're not allowed to leave Eretz Israel to go to Chutzlar, That's that's a halacha the Gemara says you can't leave Eretz Israel gratuitously for no reason. And the allowable reasons are quite limited. Lilma Torah, if a person can't learn Torah properly for some reason in Eretz Yisrael, that, that's an excuse, a valid excuse to leave Eretz Yisrael. Or, he says, because of Kiber aveim. The Tashpat says, in passing, he's not clear what he's talking about exactly, whether he means a temporary trip away from Eretz Yisrael, a permanent trip, but the Tashpat does say that, that, that one justification for leaving Eretz Yisrael is for a matter of Kiber aveim. So, as the Sicily will discuss soon, points out, if the if the tashbat says you can leave Eretz Yisrael to go to Chutz Laretz, to, to do kibur Aim, certainly it would seem to follow you're not obligated to leave Chutz Laretz and go to Eretz Yisrael if that uh, if that would if that would uh, prevent you from fulfilling kibur Aim. So the tashbat doesn't acknowledge the maram, but in passing in, in a brief comment in one of his shuvas, he seems to assume that the mitzvah of kibur Aim would override would override the mitzvah of Eretz Yisrael. It's hard to know what to do with this. It's, it's one very, very brief comment in passing. And, uh, he, he, he doesn't rule halach Lamaiseh exactly what he means. He, he doesn't give much context for this. But he does seem to say in passing that Kibril that, that avaim trumps Yishu eretz Yisrael. There's also an, an, interesting, uh, an interesting articulation of this position in the Sefer Panim Yafas. Panim Yafas a, is a Sefer on Chumash he's perhaps better known for his works on the Talmud, the Sefer HaFla on Masechus Ksuvos and Sefer Amikna on Kedushin, but he was also a great Posik, one of the Gedolei Torah, much later. This is, uh, this is 18th century. So he has an interesting comment. He brings a Midrash. The Midrash says, beginning of Parshish Lech Lecha, the Hashem told Avram, Lech Lecha, go to Eretz Kenan. So the Midrash says, Actually, the, without nikkudas, the it's hard to know what the, what the midrash is. It's either it's either leich, go ani he poacher or lecha, you you in particular. I am exempting from kibur d'aveim. The the Afla seems to understand the, the yafa seems to understand that the, that the midrash means lecha, and he poacher That I'm exempting you from kibur d'aveim. You in particular are uh, are released from your obligation of kibur d'aveim. And the, and the part of the office explains that normally a person whose father is in Chutz Laretz has no mitzvah to make aliyah. Because the mitzvah of aliyah is not docha the mitzvah of Kibber Daveim. Davka but to you, l'cha ni poter, you are being exempted from Kibber Why? Because your father's a rasha, because Terech is a rasha, eno If a person's father is a rasha, he's, he's not bound to show him the honor of, uh, of Kibber but Al Kalpanim, the way the, the, way the Panam Yafas learns the, learns the Midrash, understands the Midrash, he was saying for anyone else, you would not be right, you would not, it would not be correct for him to go to Eretz Kanan, even though it's a great mitzvah. Nevertheless, Kibar Ava'im overrides that. But to you, Hashem said, you are an exception because Tarach is a Russian. So again, the Panam Yafas was a great posig. He didn't write this in his halachic works, but he, but he does seem to be assuming here, not like Myram and Mabit that the mitzvah of Kiberd Aveim actually overrides the mitzvah of making eliyah. This question was discussed, debated, in a fascinating correspondence between two of the great postkim of mid-20th century America, Rabbi Yitzchak Nisim, at the time he was the former Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, and Rabbi de Waldenberg, the author of the Tzitzel Yezer, one of the great outstanding postkim of Eretz Israel of the 20th century as well. So, Rabbi Ze'ev Nisim wrote a tshuva to Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Shragai, a leader of the, of the Mizrahi movement, of the whatever it was called at the time, the the the, the, the uh, religious political community in Israel at the time. So he 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 answered he answered a question of uh, he answered a question of Rabbi Shragai as follows. The question was: Is it appropriate for youth movements in the diaspora? But Akiva maybe, he doesn't name them, but the youth movements in the diaspora that try to inculcate, some might even say indoctrinate the children to make aliyah even against the will of their parents. These groups, these movements would talk about how great it is to make aliyah, and they would actually encourage children to make aliyah regardless of how their parents felt about it. Is that okay? Or does that violate the mitzvah of Kiber HaVeim for the kids to, to adopt that position? Says Rabbi Nisim, he brings the mabit. He brings other other poskim. He says the halacha is. He claims it is clear from the earlier poskim that the mitzvah of making aleihah, open and shut case, the mitzvah of making aleihah overrides the mitzvah of kibud av Therefore, says Rabbi Nisim, in the same in the same line of poskim as the maram and the mabit, he says that the tnuo tanoar, these youth movements in chutzlarets, are permitted to 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 be machanech to encourage the children to make aleihah even against their parents' wishes, provided, he says, that the Chinuch is going to be, according to Messara's Yisrael, they have, they have to to them, of course, for Torah and mitzvahs, and, in, in line with Jewish tradition, but insofar as they're doing that, even if they're going to cause them, encourage them to abandon their parents and make aliyah, that is fine, because the established halacha is that making aliyah is a, is a mitzvah that overrides the wishes of the parents, overrides Kibril HaVeim. Rebbe de Waldenburg when he saw Rab Re- Re- Nisim eventually published its Shuva and, uh, and, and Rabbi Waldenberg saw it, Rabbi Waldenberg is not happy. He brings that it's not so clear that, this is not such a simple matter to claim that Kiberd HaVeim is overridden by the mitzvah of Yisrael, brings the Tashbats, and so on, and he says uh, there is some doubt, even though it's true that Maram is one of the greatest postkim of the Rishonim, and Mabit has a long and uncompromising ruling taking for granted that that's the halacha, Nevertheless, Rev Waldenberg feels that the matter is not entirely clear in light of the Tashbats, and he, he feels that it's not quite an open and shut case. And therefore he says, Ein It's not so clear, he says, that this is really right, that for, for them to encourage kids to flout their parents' wishes and make Eliyah, And Yesh Har Belishkel, he says, we, need to, we should weigh this very carefully. You really have to be concerned about a possible violation of Kiberd HaVeim, a very... A, a mitzvah chamura, something very stringent, and therefore he would not be as quick as Rabbi Nisim to say that we should be encouraging children to make aliyah, uh, even against their parents' wishes. I'll call upon him, this is one great area in which postmen have disagreed over the centuries as to had away a, a mitzvah of Kibril HaVeim against uh, other mitzvah, the mitzvah of, of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, of making aliyah. We have some postmen who are unequivocal, Maram of Rattenberg, Mabit, Absolutely. Yeshav Eretz Israel, like on the other mitzvah, it overrides Kibra Daveim. We have others, Rev Waldenberg, based on earlier sources, who say, not so simple, that it's not so simple that Yeshav Eretz Israel really overrides. Particularly, I mentioned earlier that not all poskim agree that it's, a, that it's a mandatory mitzvah. Most of us are not making Eliyah. We all have various reasons. But some postkim have said that ultimately it rests on the idea that Yeshav Israel is not a mandatory mitzvah. It's a tremendously uh, Wonderful thing to do, but it's not strictly mandatory. That's what Ramosha Feinstein and some other postkim have said, Roshelon Kluger. Therefore, if the... I think Roshelon Kluger as well. Therefore, that would be another reason why perhaps some of the post will not be so quick to say, go to Eretz Israel, abandon your parents, particularly because many people don't like Many Not everyone is doing enough. at the, the, the People have legitimate reasons for not doing Yishuv Eretz Israel. It's not mandatory like hearing shofar is, some postkim say. There might be another reason why... Why we shouldn't be so quick to set aside kibur avaim in favor of Yishver, in favor of the mitzvah of making eliyah. Learning Torah. What about learning Torah? The child wants to learn Torah. Parent wants him not to learn Torah. Parent wants him to go to college. Parent wants him to do something else. Parent wants him to go to a certain yeshiva. Son wants to go to a different yeshiva. How do we deal with these questions? Torah. Learning Torah certainly is a tremendous mitzvah. Again, if a father simply told the child, don't learn Torah, I don't like Torah, then we almost certainly would disregard that. The kid has to learn Torah. What if it's a question of how much Torah and learning Torah where and so on? There are, there are multiple ways to be a, uh, an observant Jew and learn different amounts of Torah, different styles of Torah, different, learning Torah in different contexts. So how do we deal with this? So here, one of the very first to discuss this is Rav Ha'ai Gon in the Sheiltas to Rav Ha'ai. He brings the idea that he brings the idea that, that uh, the Gemara says Talmud Torah is more important, is a, is a greater mitzvah than Kiber HaVeim. The Gemara learns this from Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov was punished by, that for leaving his parents for 22 years, 20 years in the home of Lavan, six, 7 years for Rachel, 7 years for Leah, 6 more years for the sheep is 20, plus 2 years traveling on the way back so for 22 years that he was away from his parents, so Yosef was away from him, Midah, for 22 years, Yosef was sold into slavery when he was 17, the Pasuk in Vayeshev says, he was 30 years old, that's what it says in Parashas Miketz, and uh, then there were seven years of famine, two years of uh, two years, of, seven years of plenty, two years of famine, 39 years, 39 minus 17 is 22. The Gemara says, but he, Yaakov also learned in Shem V'Ever for 14 years, if you work out, uh, the, the Gemara of Megillah had a detailed chronology of how all the years work out. He was also away from his father for 14 more years. Why wasn't he punished for that? You see from that, Godel Talmud Torah, from a HaVeim. Learning Torah, he was exempt from Kiberd HaVeim. Learning Torah is more important than Kiberd HaVeim. He was not punished for the years that he was away from his parents and was actually learning Torah. That's what, that's what the Gemara says in Megillah. Says Rav Gon in the Shiltos. Since the Gemara says, Kiber HaVeim is, is less than Limur torah, learning Torah, Talmud Torah, is more than Kiber HaVeim, therefore he says that if a person wants to travel to a certain teacher to go learn Torah, and not to learn Torah by himself, at a mitzvah, to travel to an appropriate place to learn Torah, what about Kiber HaVeim? Your father needs you, your father says, I need help, I need, I need machilo, mashkeu. I need you to help me, he says. Says Torah overrides because Torah, mi This, this halachic point is made in greater detail by the Truma Sedeshin, 500 years or so later, 700 years later. The Trumas Sedeshin talks about a, uh, a particularly vivid case that father and son both wanted the son to learn. The son wanted to travel away out of his uh, native country, he wanted to travel somewhere else. To learn Torah under a certain Rav. He believed strongly that he would be successful. He would see a simon bracha from learning Torah uh, with that Rav. His father said, learn Torah. I'm happy to have you learn Torah, but learn Torah here. I don't want you to travel there. Because that place was dangerous. That place was... uh, There had been uh, alilos, libels of various sorts. And people had been kidnapped or seized by the government. It was a dangerous and unstable place. And the father said, if you do that, if you go there, I'm going to worry about you all the time, and I'm going to suffer great anguish, uh, you're my son, I'm going to suffer great anguish of you being in such a hostile and unstable location. So what should the child do? What should the son do? Should he listen to his father, or should he learn Torah locally? Says the Truma Sedeshen, don't listen to your father. You should learn Torah wherever you want. He brings various proofs to this. One of them is the, the same Gemara in Megillah about uh, Yaakov Avinu, that, that Godel, that, that uh, the Talmud Torah is more important than Kibrd Avaim. Even though here, the issue he says is just where to learn Torah, he says, but there is a rule, Lomi Adam, the Talmud says, Lomi Kaladam is A person can't necessarily learn from any Rebbe. He needs to find the Rebbe who works for him. So not studying under the Rebbe that you think is best for you. Is in a certain sense tantamount to not learning Torah at all, because uh, learning Torah needs to needs to be done in the way that in in, in the optimal way. And if you don't do that, you'll still probably learn some Torah, but that's equivalent to not learning Torah because you'll be missing fundamentally uh, your your Talmud Torah will be fundamentally diminished, fundamentally uh, less than it could be, and therefore because of all this, he says. Therefore, once again, he says Talmud Torah. Overrides kibur and he says whether it's just a question of not listening to your parents, whether it's a question of cover, not 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 doing cover for your parents, it all boils down to the same thing. It's all a question of the mitzvah of aim over the mitzvah of uh, of talmud Torah. Talmud Torah overrides. He says that uh, not just Shabbos we 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 mentioned earlier in Yivamas, all mitzvahs are override talmud override kibur aim. And therefore, the Truma Tzedeshin rules that that, uh, that that in a case where in a case where the father wants him even even to learn Torah, but to learn Torah in a lesser way, the son should learn Torah where he wants. And learning Torah is more important than uh, learning Torah is more important than following your parents' wishes, even if it will cause them pain, even if it will cause them to worry about you. But learning Torah is still more important than that. Of course, in some cases, your father may simply be wiser than you and may realize it's a bad idea. That's another question. Maybe your father knows better than you do, and uh, he realizes the yeshiva won't be good for you, or that it's just too dangerous to be a legitimate choice. Truman Session doesn't discuss that. He doesn't discuss the question of maybe you're young and naive, and you don't realize that, the, that, that your father is wiser than you and knows what's better for you. That, that's not the issue. The, the, but the issue is here... The issue is here. The, the uh, assuming your father is not correct, that, that it is a reasonable choice to do. It's just a question that you're going to make him feel bad. Then the uh, international rules, and there are more passes this way in Shulchan Aruch, that learning Torah is more important than a person should learn Torah the way he needs to learn Torah, even if that will mean flouting his parents' wishes, and even if uh, even if that means that his father will suffer. Will, will suffer emotionally from worrying about his child. Various other postkim, many other postkim of the 20th century, issued similar rulings regarding children whose, whose parents wanted them to go to college, they wanted to learn Torah. Revavad Yosef has such a chuvah, I believe. I don't have the sefer in front of me, but it has, has a chuvah to that effect in Yechavadat that the, if a son wants to go to yeshiva and his father wants him to go to university or something that the child should follow his desire to learn Torah, which is a great mitzvah, and against his parents' wishes. Although I did see, Ravavadiyah is quoted, not in writing, but Ravavadiyah is quoted, as having said that the reverse is actually true as well. That if the father wants him to learn in a, a yeshiva katana, an all Torah, you know, more, more Haredi type institution, and the child wants to go to yeshiva tichonit, a more modern type of Israeli uh, school where they'll learn some Torah, but they'll also maybe learn some other skills as well. Ravadia, Ravadia is reported, allegedly ruled, that here as well, the, the son can say, this is a legitimate choice, and this is what I want to do, even though my parent, my parent wants me to study Torah. Why exactly? Is there some mitzvah to study in Yeshiva Tichonet? I'm not sure. There might be other reasons why he ruled this way, if this, uh, if this account is true at all, but I'll call upon him Rav and Yechav I believe, as well as many other posts have said, based on this Truma Sedeshan, in the same vein as the Truma Sedeshan, that if a child is prepared to learn Torah, learning Torah is a tremendous mitzvah, and the father wants him not to learn Torah, to learn less Torah, then certainly the, the son should follow what he wants to do and learn Torah, because like the Truma Sedeshan says, once again, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah overrides the mitzvah of Kibur Ave. One, one final area where Kibradava aim sometimes comes into conflict with uh, other mitzvahs is the case of marriage. Now one might think, marriage is a personal choice. What does it have to do with mitzvahs? If I happen to fall in love with a certain woman and want to marry a certain woman, my father wants me not to marry her, to marry somebody else, where is the element of mitzvah here? How does this, There might be other reasons why you don't have to listen to your father, but how is this an element of mitzvah? So we turn to a Truly fascinating tshuva of the Maharik. The Maharik, again, in 15th century, Marik Maharik talked about a case where the, the son, his heart had chosen a certain woman, and his father objected. doesn't say why his father objected. It was a matter of maybe family. The family wasn't good enough for him, or money, or he just didn't like her for some reason. We don't know. We're not told why, on what grounds the father objected. But the father objected to his son marrying a certain woman. The question was, does the son have an obligation to listen to his father and, uh, and abandon the woman who he has chosen to be his wife? So, the Marik says, no, he does not. He need not and should not listen to his father. Why not? So the Marik has three reasons. There is some debate in the later post which of these reasons is the Iker lahalacha? Do we accept all these reasons independently? Do we accept them only in combination? Are some of them uh, normative halacha as opposed to others? But the Marik himself gave three reasons, why, three reasons why the son need not, and even should not, according to some of the reasons, listen to his father. The first reason was, so the first reason he gives is, there is a seminal dispute in Kedushin whether av Avaim is Mishal Av or Mishal Ben. The, again, covered of the father is, is, is things like machilo, Mashkeyu, Malbisho, giving him to eat, giving him to drink, giving him taking care of his clothing. Those are the primary ideas of Kavit. Who has to pay for it? So you, have to, you have to certainly arrange it. The son has to arrange it. But, 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 but at whose cost? Does he have to pay for it out of his own pocket? Or does the father have to pay for it? That's called Mishal Av or Michel Ben. We Paskin, Kibber D'Avim is Mishal Av. That, the, that it's, it, the son has to arrange it, but the father has to be the one to pay for it. Says the Marik, you see from this, that the son is not obligated to, to, to devote his own resources to the father's covenant. The son has to arrange for the, make the effort and make the arrangements to take care of his father, but the resources have to come from the father. Says the Marik, says the Marik, that certainly you don't have to give up money for your father, he says, certainly you don't have to give up something that's more than money, that, that's more personal than money. Sarah de Gufa, personal pain, he says, to, uh, to, to relinquish the woman, that he desires and marry another woman that he, that, that he do, that doesn't find favor in his eyes. So you're asking him to give up the choice of his heart. If you can't make him give up money, you certainly can't make him give up the love of his life, he says. So certainly he says, we can't make him do that. The father, I'm sure, is telling the kid, there'll be another one. She's not the only one fishing the sea. You'll find someone else who you'll feel the same way about. So Marik apparently is not convinced. Marik says that telling him, don't marry this one, find someone else to marry is going to be a permanent, uh, a permanent re- re- uh, renunciation of happiness of the woman that he wants. Therefore, he says, the son is not obligated to renounce the choice of his heart uh, to, in order to honor his father's wishes. First argument of the Marik. Second argument of the Marik, and this is the one that's relevant to the theme of our talk tonight, says the Marik, telling the child not to marry the woman that he loves and to marry somebody else instead this is actually telling him to violate an Aveir in the Torah. This is, I, I call this the, the most romantic halachic tshuva ever, ever written. The Marik says, marrying the woman that you love, as opposed to somebody else, is a mitzvah, is a binding mitzvah of the Torah. Where do I see that, the Marik says. The Gemara says in Kedushin, you're not, you're not even allowed to marry a woman until you see her, until you, uh, until you meet her and she finds favor in your eyes. So he says, Good. People, were, people weren't always meticulous about this. The, the postman gave reasons why we don't do this. And they, and why today, today, obviously, we do do it, but why at some points in history, Jews didn't do this. So he says, you see, how, you, see how, you see how important it was to Chazal that the woman a person marries should be one who finds favor in his eyes. And he says, in many areas in Chazal, we find Chazal took pains to Mechav Shalbala, that a woman should be uh, precious, beloved to her husband, he says. So therefore, this is a priority, making sure that spouses love each other, that husbands love their wives, is a halachic uh, imperative. Therefore, telling the person, don't marry the woman that you love, marry somebody else instead, is telling him to violate a mitzvah. It is nidnun n'avera, this would involve an avera, and therefore the father has no authority to tell you to violate an avera. This is a great chiddush. The Gemara doesn't say you have to fall in love with her. The Gemara just says you have to inspect her and make sure that she doesn't have any uh, blemish that you find off-putting. The Gemara doesn't say it's unique. The Gemara doesn't talk about, in this context, Bashar. The Gemara doesn't say this, this is, she has to be the one. The Gemara just says make sure that you uh, are comfortable with her. So the father, again, the father very likely was saying you'll find somebody else who, uh, who you find attractive. There are other pretty girls out there. So other girls who are charming and whatever, whatever, whatever this one has. So the idea that just because he's asking you to give up this one, that's a violation of Hazal's commandment to love your wife and make sure you marry the one that you love is a striking chiddush, but that's what the Marika understood. The Marika understood that if you fell in love with this one, if she's the one that finds favor in your eyes, to some extent, we believe she's unique, or we believe that it won't be easy to replace her. And therefore, telling the, telling the son, don't marry this one, marry someone else instead, is tantamount to telling him violate a mitzvah in the Torah, a tremendous chiddush, very romantic, but a tremendous, tremendous chiddush. But that's what the Marik says: the father telling the son, "Don't marry the one that uh, that you're interested in." That is telling him to violate an avera, and he has no authority to do that. Third reason in the Marik: this third reason is a uh, is a very powerful point, and it's a hotly debated point. But it is a very powerful and uh, point with far-reaching implications. As we've said repeatedly tonight. The classic definition, the classic examples of a mitzvah of, of, of covered for the father is to provide for his needs. Machilo, give him food. Mashkeyu, give him to drink. Malbisho, give him clothing. Says the Marik, we don't find anywhere that Kiber means simply listening to your father in an area that he does not have any, any direct actual interest. Simply obeying his wishes is not something that is, that is covered by Kiber covered, HaVeim. Some other posts can disagree. Later postcam various acronyms strongly disagree. They say things like the ultimate covert is listening to somebody. If you showing that you care, that you respect him enough to listen to him, that's the ultimate covert. Flouting his instruction, saying, That's what you want, but I want something else. I'm going to do what I want. I don't care what you want. Even if you don't use even if you don't say that in so many words, that's the ultimate disrespect. So there are postcome who argue that it falls under the rubric of covered. Listening to him is a form of covert. Others say it's a form of mora. Mora means again. Mora is the negative, not doing things which are disrespectful. One of the examples of mora is lo yisteres You shouldn't contradict him. So the Marik understand, some posts can understand. Lo yisteres means don't say you're wrong. If the father says uh, Trump is the best president in the history of the republic, or Biden is the best president in the history of the republic, don't say Abba, you're wrong. He is actually not. Uh, that's, that's lo yisteres dvarov. But simply not obeying him, simply politely uh, ignoring him and doing what you want, that's not Sosarist Dvarov. You're not uh, contradicting him. But others understand, no, that is called Sosarist Dvarov. So, that if your father says, do this, and you do other, otherwise, that is by your actions, you're being Sosarist Dvarov. So, so again, for, for various, based on these various arguments, some posts can argue that listening to your father, even if he has no direct interest, once he gives you an order, and a demand that is actually a question of k- k- Kibrd aim or Mora aveim, but the marik does not see it like that. The marik says the examples in the Gemara are much narrower. Kavud means things like Machilo, mashkeu, Malbisho. Y- Yira means don't sit in his place, don't be so serious. as dvarav. There is no mitzvah we never find anywhere in the Talmud, he says. There is no source for the idea that there is, that there is a general right of the, of the father, to make to, to 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 order the child, order this even an adult adult child, maybe even a, maybe even a small child, to instruct him for adult of his life. Not an issue of murah, not an issue of covet, He says, and therefore that's the third reason why, since the since the father's since the father's needs are not directly involved, there's there's no obligation there's no obligation on the part of the son to to obey him. Some argue, and it's if argues in Meish of davar that even according to the marek, he says. That's just if the father wants you to do it, but if the father will suffer humiliation or social degradation, then it is an issue of, uh, of Kiber avaim But I'll call upon him the Marik's ruling. So the Marik gives three reasons, again, for, the, for the, this rule that you don't have to obey your parents on choice of a spouse. First reason is Kiber Avaim is Mishal Av. The parent's resources, not your own, not giving, it, not giving up the woman you want to marry. Second reason, it's a violation of the Torah to... Marry someone other than the one that you love and want to marry. Third reason, there's no general obligation to obey your parents beyond, uh, beyond attending to their needs and not doing things that are, um, that are, that are inherently disrespectful. So we do passing like this, Marik and Shulchan Aruch. The Ramad does, we do bring this, and the, the post can do bring this. As I said, there is some debate as to which of the reasons of the Marik is the Iker. Is it the reason of Mitzvah? Is it the reason of Mishal Ben? Post can debate this. But nevertheless, this is the general position of the poskim that if the parent, has a, ha, the parent has an order of, of, of what spouse the, the child should marry, poskim talk about this with a girl as well. Most poskim extend this to brings a, a host of earlier poskim who extend this to girls as well. That the, there was a girl whose father said, Don't marry a certain person. She wanted to marry that man. Does so she have to listen to him? He says, Maskana Dedina, that he brings from the Torah Lishma generally assumed to be written by the Benishchai that the daughter should listen to her father and, and she shouldn't marry him this is not correct, he says. The Icar is this is like the case of the of the Marik, that we should we should advise the girl, we should recommend she not listen to her father. She should marry the man with whom she thinks she'll be happy and 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 have a and have a good marriage. And uh and she's she not have to listen to him. There's no mitzvokerim and that is generally the consensus of the postkim that the that for, the, for, 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 for one or more of these reasons, a child has no obligation to respect his parents' demands with respect to who he should marry. So again, the, the, the basic rule, in summary, the basic rule we've seen in the Gemara is that when there's a clear-cut mitzvah in the Torah or Avera, then that overrides Kibrave. In a variety of cases, Postman have debated whether particular courses of action fall under this rubric or not, learning Torah, marriage, making aliyah, in general, many poskim have said in all these cases that yes, these are all mitzvahs, and therefore these are these all, and therefore these all override the parents' preferences. Nevertheless, in in, in some of the cases, particularly in the cases of Eretz Yisrael and uh, in marriage in Eretz Yisrael in particular, some poskim have said it's not so simple that, that that there is a that there is basis for, for considering kibur navaem and not being so quick to simply set the value of aliyah over and above the value of kibur navaem. With regard to marriage, again, they're posting up pretty clear that the, that the child should marry the person that he wants, he or she wants. Once again, I, I would assume, that's assuming that you're convinced that you're right and your parent is mistaken. Sometimes our parents know more than we do. Sometimes our parents are wiser, have more experience. They also have our best interest at heart, and if they say, this is not the one for you, sometimes they may be right. So how do you know, how do you know when you should say, I'm right, and with all due respect to my parents, I can't do that. How do you know when to say maybe they're right and I'm wrong about it? That's obviously a, a question that we're not gonna be able to resolve from the from the laws of Kiburave.